This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. Ministering is the servant of God, the senior pastor of Metamorphosis Christian Center, Pastor Fumi Ashaolu. Remain blessed as you listen. You are done. This is your turn. Yeah, your turn will come. Praise the Lord. We thank you. Now we will give the mic to the senior pastor to pray for the men. Uh, particularly upon the declaration that was made and it is upheld in heaven. Amen. 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 Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for all of our men. We appreciate you, Lord, for Brokefas. Thank you, Lord, for Victor. Thank you, Lord, for Broyemi. We appreciate you for Pastor Sheon, for Bro Jeffia. Thank you for Bro Enes, Bro Bayo, Bro Chigoze, Bro Tokpe. Bofola, Bro Tunde, and Pastor Rutimi. We appreciate you, Father, for every man, single man in this household that is represented here today. We thank you, Lord, for their lives. And Father, this morning we'll pray for them, even as they have sung in the first song, that the channels of their spirits be opened up. Lord, we know that it is almost natural for men to be more logical than um, intuitive or tuned to you. But Lord, we pray for these ones, that as they have declared in the name of Jesus, the channels of their spirits indeed are opened up to you in a new dimension this new year, in the name of Jesus. Father, we declare that as you have said concerning, concerning Abraham, that he will be mighty in the land, will speak might over these men in the name of Jesus. Amen. We declare that they become great in this land and their seed also is mighty in this land in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we declare that their wives are blessed for as many of them as are married and the ones that will be married, we declare that their wives are by their sides blessed in the name of Amen. Jesus. Father, we declare over them, O oh God, that the blessings of this land Come to each one of them in the name of Jesus. We declare that there is abundance upon them. Every single one of them, none of them lack nothing in the name of Jesus. We declare that their hands are sufficient for them in the name of Jesus. The works of their hands are blessed. They prosper in all they put their hands to do in the name of Jesus. We declare, O oh God, that the thoughts of their minds, the words of their mouths, all of these bring prosperity their ways in the name of Jesus. And Lord will receive grace for them, O oh God, to teach their family, to, to, to lead their families after you in the name of Jesus. We ask Almighty God that the capacity to command their families to go after you be released upon each one of them in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask that they will not need to struggle with your spirit, but Lord, they are opened up to your spirit in the name of Jesus. We declare that this land yields its increase, its abundance, its fullness unto them in the name of Jesus. You will cause prosperity to flow from these ones in the name of Jesus. We declare almighty God that the allegiance that they have pledged, you know, all this, all this that they have read, that they have confessed to us representing all of them lord we pray for capacity for them to do as they have spoken in the name of jesus the grace to do lord we release upon them in the name of jesus we declare almighty god that these ones we allow you to rule them to lead them to instruct to guide to 
to direct their paths in the name of Jesus. Lord, we declare over them, O oh God, that they are fully yielded to the person of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. And because of that, abundance is their lot in the name of Jesus. Thank you, our Father. We release them, O oh God, into greater productivity, greater fruitfulness, even in this new year, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, our Father, for we prayed in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Happy Father's Day again. God bless you indeed. Indeed, then you know come in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord grants you grace. All those things that you read to us, there is a song that says, I pledge allegiance to the Lamb. I pledge allegiance to the Lamb. With all my heart, with all I have, I will live to honor His command. I pledge Thank you. May the Lord grant you grace is released upon you already. Capacity is released upon you already to stand and um, fulfill your allegiance to the Lamb in the name of Jesus. Even when the going gets tough, amen, may you receive grace, may you receive strength to continually say yes to God in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the song we sang, the first, um, the first song, was it the first song we sang or the second one? Just, you know, as we sang it, it just reminded me of kingdom. Um, what is that? What's that song now? It just reminds me of kingdom. You know, you just want to do the will of the Father. You want the whole of your life to do His will, do His command. And that is what the men have come out to say. You know, as Bro Ernest, you know, read his own, I was moved to tears, actually. Because really, it takes, it takes God. The Bible says there is, there is a man, the righteous man, that swears even to his own heart. Amen. You know, when you stand before the Lord and you say, yes, I do, there are many turns and twists in the way for married people. But you know you make up your mind to say, God, I'm going to, I'm going to trust you to release grace to me to go through this. It, it doesn't always come easy. There are several things in between. Amen that you did not know on that day when you were standing to say with, um, you know, with everything I have, I did word. Hmm? But then when we start the journey, a whole lot of things come in between and you are thinking, should I still go ahead? Should I continue to, to you know, to uphold this um, vow that I made? The Bible says you made that vow. You made it before God. You made it before the saints. Amen. And it becomes tough at some point to, to go ahead with it. But then we trust the grace of God, we trust the capacity of the Lord to help you go ahead with it in Jesus' name. Marriage is something that the enemy fights tooth and nail to scatter and destroy. Amen. We've been taught in this house that marriage is actually a, a prophecy. We are prophesying that the Lord Jesus will be married to his bride. Amen. It is prophecy. And the enemy fights it suit and nail, to scatter it, to destroy it, to make sure that we don't go ahead with our promise, amen, or with our vows. There's a lot of contention that goes on in the, in the uh, you know, that goes on in the, in the home. 
that you know it's not easy for men to go on. But we trust that the Lord will strengthen you men in Jesus' name. The Lord will strengthen you, that which you have promised, that which you have pledged allegiance to. The grace to do it, the Lord releases upon you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to hear your word again. I ask Almighty God that your word will bring light, it will bring illumination. It will bring also capacity to do. It will release grace upon every hearer in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for we've prayed in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Um, at a loss of where to start because I felt my thoughts are being interjected with some other things. Amen. Amen and amen. All right, let's start from um, Luke. Let's start from Luke 17. I want to look, about, I want to look at um, some things about seeking the kingdom. What does it mean to seek the kingdom? Just a few thoughts. I want to share with you Luke 17. I'll read from 20. From 20, please. 20, we'll just read 20 and 21. It says, Now when, the, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation. It does not come by observation. What, what, what do we mean by observation? It doesn't come by you standing by the side and looking. And most of the time when you are observing, are you active in what is going on? Are you active? When you are observing anything, are you active in what you are observing? You are most times passive. You are not active. You are just watching. You are waiting you are, he said, so they asked him, when will the kingdom of God come? And he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. That's not how it comes. It doesn't come by you being passive. You just waiting and, you know, waiting on God to do something sovereignly, maybe in your life. Do something sovereignly, maybe in your church. Do something sovereignly, maybe in your, in your, in your country, in your community, in your family. You are just observing. You just want to see what God will do. I'm just waiting, though. I will just see what God will do, Sha. You know, you are just watching. You are passive. He said, the kingdom does not come. Please tell your neighbor, it doesn't come by observation. It doesn't come by you being passive. It comes by you engaging. You have to engage. God is not waiting for us, just looking at him and saying, God, do what you want to do. That is not how the kingdom comes. I, want to, I, I just want to share a few thoughts with you on seeking the kingdom. How do we seek the kingdom? What do you do in seeking the kingdom? In seeking the kingdom, you are not passive. You have to be engaged. You have to be active. You have to be active in seeking the kingdom. It says it does not come by observation. Nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is what? Within you. The kingdom is within you. How will we see the kingdom? When will we see the kingdom? When I realize that the kingdom of God is within me. The kingdom of God needs my active participation. When I realize that the kingdom is within me, as I, as I collaborate with God, the kingdom gets, it gets released. Amen. The kingdom gets to be seen. The kingdom comes. The Lord Jesus said, pray. Then pray that the kingdom of God should come and that his will should be done on the earth. How does he come? When does he come? He says it is within me. 
when I realize that the kingdom is within me, when I realize that I need to participate, collaborate with the Lord to release his kingdom, then we will begin to see the kingdom. If I'm still waiting in my family, in my life, you know, in a particular relationship, and you're saying, I'll see what God will do. God is saying, I, I don't want to do it alone. I want to do it together with you. I want you to collaborate with me. Amen. Let's open to Ephesians 5. You know, the, the kingdom, um, like I said in the first service, is not the same thing as religion. Religion is quite, quite different from from the kingdom. What God has called you to, what Jesus is calling us to, is the kingdom. Religion exists, but God is saying, I don't want you to be stuck in religion. You know, religion, when Jesus came on the scene, religion was in existence. Judaism was here. Jesus came and he started saying some things, and he had a lot of problems with his Pharisees because of some of the things he said. Do you know what he, what, what he meant for the Pharisees, for instance, to say they were coming to God? They said they couldn't even call the name of God without going to have a bath. They couldn't pronounce his name. They couldn't write, even people that, that wrote, they couldn't write the name of God without going to, as in it was, God was, to them, was, so, was that distance. Holy God. Jesus came and he said, this God, you know, he, he like brought God down. Because God wanted to cover the, or cover that gap between him and the people. Jesus came and he was saying, doing all of those things, making God very, very near, and these people were angry. Jesus came and he said to them, you know, you don't need all of those, your Torah, all those, um, you know, those laws, those sacrifices. He said, you don't need all of those things. What you've been called to right now is have faith. Amen. Have faith that, you know, Jesus has died, is resurrected. That is what the disciples said, right? And you are in the, king, in the kingdom of God. You are in the family of God. And that offended the Jews, offended the Pharisees. They said, how can you just say all of these things that we used to do? You don't know the problem that, um, who was it? You know that Peter at some point became, um, what do you call that thing now? Um, hypocritical. And Paul, and Paul had to confront him. You don't know the dilemma that Peter was going through at that period of time because these people had done a lot of things to be qualified to be in the kingdom, to be a family of God. And Jesus came on the scene and said, all of these things that you have done, count it drunk. We throw it out, throw it into the trash. All that is needed right now is faith in Jesus Christ. That is what religion will say you have to hold on to these things. But Jesus came and said, no, it is only faith that is necessary now. It is only faith. You know, there was a world of difference between what Jesus uh, brought and what we had in existence as religion. Jesus, God has not called you to religion. He's called you to kingdom. Um, Ephesians 5, let's see verse 28 and 29. Okay, so um, the point I'm driving, it says the kingdom of God is within you. And you have to participate. That is how to seek the kingdom. You have to participate with God. To see participate is within you. You, do, you don't observe. You engage. Amen. The Lord expects your contribution. That is one point I want you to, to see. As we engage with the Lord, as we, as we um, join forces with the Lord to make his will known, make his will done, make his will expressed in our lives, then we, when kingdom of God is expressed also. Amen. Another thing that you do in seeking the kingdom is that you line up with the word of God. You line up with what? 
line up with the word of God. I'll see Ephesians, I want us to see Ephesians 5. It says, so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. When, we, when you are seeking the kingdom, for instance, as husband and wife, you are, you are saying you have come into a shared life. You have come into oneness of life. You are, when, we, when we say husband and wife in the kingdom, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to explain some things, some few things about the kingdom. When it comes to the kingdom and you are talking wife and husband, God expects that your life becomes what? One. It says here, nobody... It says husband should love his wife as their own bodies. Nobody, everybody cherishes their own bodies. Amen. When, when children, for instance, when they do something bad, maybe they break something in the house, you know we are quick to lash out at them. We are quick to maybe shout, correct. Some at times you want to punish, you want to, you, want to, you want to punish them and all that. But when it comes to you, what do you do when you are the ones that have done that thing? You broke that cup, you broke that plate. How do you deal with it? You excuse yourself, don't you? You excuse yourself. You will explain to yourself that I didn't do it intentionally. Right? You will tell yourself that well, it's not a big deal. And then you move on with life. Do you punish yourself? Do you scold yourself like that, the way you would do a child? So the scripture is for us, you know, in the kingdom, when you come into married life, it is a shared life. It is one life. It is two people, but we are coming, you know, I'm, I'm a bit divided because of what you, people, you men have done. Amen. Because of some of the things you have done this morning now. So I'm going back and forth in, you know, in my thoughts. And um, maybe I just want to dwell a bit on, 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 on marriage and on family. In the kingdom, when we make up our mind, say you are, you are done, you get married to someone. When we move into that home and we begin to live as husband and wife, it is important that we begin that journey of becoming one. That you do not remain as individual, separated man from separate, and, and, and another woman that is separated. Do you understand what I'm saying? In the kingdom, you are called to a shared life. Shared life means we are one. And it should, it should take, uh, you know, it should find its expression also in the home. We need the grace of God to help us see our, for as many as are married, see your spouse as part of you. That example that I gave just now, if you were the one that broke something, you know how you will excuse yourself. You know how you will explain things to yourself. You know how you'll be, you will be, um, you know, be large-hearted towards yourself. Do you ex extend the same to your spouse? That is part of what the kingdom is about. Amen. That is part of what the kingdom is, is about. It makes, for, it makes it easier to, to, to live your life as husband and as wife. Amen. Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, you know, this is what the word of God says about um, married man and married woman. It says, love. Love your wife. Love your wife. Nobody beats his own, his own self. It says, love your wife as your own body. No, no, for no one ever ate his own flesh, but you nourish it, you cherish it as the Lord does the church. That this is what the Lord expects that wife will do to the husband, and husband also will do to the wife. Amen. Stop seeing yourselves as two individuals. Amen. 
pray that the Lord will help you, those that are married, to see yourselves as one. It makes it easier for you to continue on this journey. You know, around the month of February, towards the end of February, some, some, some things happened, and I had the opportunity of looking into divorce. I realized that the church is so divided on the topic of divorce and remarriage, you will not believe it. We are so very divided on that topic. Marriage and, and remarriage. You need to go back to what the word of the Lord says about it. It's easy. See, it's not really easy for any man to stay with any woman for 30, 40 years. Without the grace of God, without the help of God. Without allegiance to the word of God. You will move. Amen. You will move. A lot of things happen. People get married and at times, unfortunately, you begin to have affections for some other people. I don't know if it's ever happened to you. Before I got married, I was already committed to my husband-to-be, but I was serving in a place, and I was seeing a particular person. We were seen every time, lunchtime, we sit together and all that. At some point, my heart was shifting. I knew quite, quite all right, this is the person I should go with. This is who the Lord has chosen for me. You know, there are times that things like this happen. You begin to have affection because, in the first place, you are wrong in spending more time with this person. If you spend more time, it will happen. The Bible says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I feel if you walk through the valley of shadow of death, it is natural for you to fear, to fear. Fear will come to you naturally. So if you begin to keep company with someone other than your intended husband or wife, if you are not yet married, or your husband or wife, if you are married, and the person is of, is of the opposite gender, it is bound to happen that affections will begin to go this way. Amen. There are times that you need to kill this affection. Is anybody listening to me? You need to kill it because you pledge allegiance to this woman or to this man. Staying in marriage is not an easy task for any flesh. For any human being, it is not an easy task. And God help you if your spouse is the type that would even do some things to get you offended a lot of time, of the times. You know, Pastor Tinu came here that day and said, um, um, you know, they asked Jesus, how many times should we forgive? And Jesus said 70 times, 70 times. Pastor Tinu said, who, who has the capacity to offend you like that in a day? If not the people of your household, your husband or wife. Amen. We have a real challenge here. And then when we have come to know each other, finish. You know, what you don't know shocks you. Is anybody tracking with me? You just love what you don't know, what you haven't fully discovered, what you haven't fully unraveled. There is an excitement. There is, but when you are fully unraveled the person, you know the person front and back. There's really nothing new again to discover, even though some things new at times happen. <laughs> some people do say, ah, I didn't even know you have this one. You have this bad character. I didn't know. But usually when you have, you have known each other, the excitement and all that is not, it might not be there except you allow the Lord to help you. Except you intentionally cultivate friendship. You cultivate oneness. What the Lord Jesus said to us about the kingdom, one of the things he said, and we see demonstrated in the book of Acts in chapter 2, he said they had a shared life. They had common life, right? And he was even talking about the brethren. How much more husband and, and wife? You are called to one life. The earlier you start seeing each other as one, the better for your journey together. If not, your journey will be a long 
and it will be a tedious one. God forbid in Jesus' name. Amen. It takes a whole lot, but I need you to come to terms with the fact that you have been called onto one journey, one life. You are two different individuals with two different hearts, but you are supposed to be beaten as one. You are supposed to be one. That is one of the ways to make your journey a lot better, to make it easier. If not, divorce is on the, is on the, is on the increase. And the word of the Lord is clear concerning divorce. Can we open to marriage five? Uh, say marriage five. It's well. Matthew five. Matthew five. It says in verse 31, Furthermore, it has been said, Whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery also. Jesus came on the scene, you know, and he said several things that was contrary to what they had known. Jesus has not called you to religion. If you are in religion... Then you can do anyhow. You can marry today, break it down tomorrow, go join yourself to, you know. Like I said to you, February came and I had the opportunity of looking at divorce because of some things. And I realized that the church is really, really divided on this topic. Really, really divided. They said what people have agreed to right now is, well, we know we are supposed to be, to, to operate monogamy, right? But it is monogamy part time. That is what it has come to. Are you reasoning that sentence? Monogamy per time. As in, it's okay. We will not be polygamous. We, we know we looks like God does not want us to be polygamous, right? Even though it will shock you that some people believe that polygamy is of God. That, that there's nothing in it. Having multiple wives at the same time, it's okay as a Christian. Some people believe that. You do research, your mind will be blown away. But, so some people agree that, okay, well, we know that polygamy is out of it but monogamy okay yes monogamy one one wife or one husband per time but it is per time it is per season as in in life you can be married to several other people as in it's the ease with which people want to break and it's one of the signs of the end time the bible says men will be what truth breakers men will be people that don't keep vows or keep promises. We break promises at will. That is not how you... When you do that, you are not seeking the kingdom. You are contributing to the downfall of the kingdom. Even though the kingdom of God will stand, it won't be broken. But you don't want to be found on the side of the devil. Amen. You don't want to be found on the, in that camp that is pulling it down. Everything you do, for instance, you know, to, to, to pull down a home, a marriage, this is, that's what you are doing. You are partnering with the enemy. Because the Bible says in that day it will be difficult to keep covenants. We will be covenant breakers and God is not behind that. Now, you know, in your minds, I haven't read this Matthew 31, 30, 32. Some people will say to me now, I know arguments are in your, in your hearts as you are seated. What of physical abuse? What of um, if the man is, you know, like we, we had with Osinachi, right? What if the man is beating her? Should, what if the woman is beating her husband? Because that is also happening. The women, we have women that beat their husband. You might be saying all of that, but that, bring your mind back to what I'm saying, what is in the scriptures. Don't, don't go so far. 
when Jesus came on the scene, the people of the day could divorce each other, especially, well, the women had no right to divorce husbands. But the husbands had, you know, it was, um, it was a society that was big on men, and the women were not. So the society was big on the man can divorce for almost any reason. And Jesus came and he brought something else. He said, see, this, from the beginning, it was never like this. Moses permitted it because of the hardness of the hearts of men. If the heart is not hard, there is nothing that is like um, irreconcilable differences. Amen. If the heart of somebody, out of the two of them, is not hardened against the word of God. When you say, I pledge allegiance to the Lamb, do we know what we are saying? You pledge allegiance such that even if it's going to hurt you, if it's going to go against what you want, you are going to you know, put what God wants above your own. That is what it says. And the truth is, you need to be confident of the fact that God does not want evil for you. If, you. if you know this is what God wants for you, you might not yet understand why. Maybe your heart is not in it, or you do not want it like this, but you know this is what God wants. You might not fully understand why, but I need you to know that this is good for you. This is the best for you, what God wants. And you align your heart with it. In seeking the kingdom, you line up behind the word of God. That is part of how we seek the kingdom. The word of God has the final say. It is the final arbiter. It is the final referee over your life. As far as your life is concerned, the word of God is final. You are not bringing your will above. Amen. And you can ask God to help you. You can ask God to help you. Divorce is so rife now in the kingdom of, in the, in the body of Christ. You know, it's all, it, the way we divorce in the church we are, is as if we are competing with people in the world, really. Because everybody, you know, human rights is on the increase. I have my rights. You have your rights. Everybody is, where is that right in Galatians 2.20? What does Galatians 2.20 say to us? Please, let's, let's flip to it. When you gave your life to Christ, this is what you are saying. You are pledging allegiance to this. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. I am no longer the one that is living. Who is living? Christ Jesus is living in me. But this is why it's important that before you, you, you make a decision, for instance, I didn't plan to go into marriage, but then it's okay. For instance, before you make your decision for who to marry, who not to marry, you know, decide well. Allow the Lord to lead you. God is faithful to lead. When we are in it, God is faithful also to release grace for you to, to have it and not endure it. I am not for enduring marriage at all. Amen. I do not like, I don't want to hear it. I, I, I can never subscribe to endurance in marriage. For what? I would rather not marry. That is the truth. I would rather not do it than to endure it. Love is beautiful. Amen. Love is very beautiful. If we, we allow God, if, we, if our hearts are tender, things can always work. We are different from our spouses, but things can work. Amen. When we are not, so when we are not will, it, the problem happens when we, or the, the problem increases and uh, it, pers it persists when we are too willful. Your will is too strong. Your will cannot be broken by the word of God. The spirit of God cannot say to you, leave that thing or leave that matter and you leave it. Amen. That is where the problem is. If we will subscribe to saying yes to the Lord. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified. I'm not alive anymore. But the problem is that most of us are, are still alive. We are feeding that 
part of us that should have died, Tete, died. Die in Christ. Die to, die to yourself. Be alive unto what God wants. That is the kingdom. That is seeking the kingdom. Be alive to what the will of, what the will of the Father is. When Jesus said, pray that the kingdom should come. This is how the kingdom comes. It comes by you submitting your will. You sacrificing your will on the altar. You know, Father Abraham, what did he do? His will was that the son would live, right? But he sacrificed it. He gave it to God. We don't do business with the Lord and come short. It does not happen. We need to allow our flesh to die and allow Christ to live inside us. Amen. He says, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live it by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We need to live by this faith. Be dead to our own, to our own um, you know, will. Take on the will of the Father. That is what it means to seek the kingdom. Be bound by what God wants for your life. Amen. Verse 21 of that, um, what did we read earlier on? Um, Luke 17. It says it doesn't come by observation. It comes by you engaging. It is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. Amen. So you embrace the kingdom of God. That is one of the ways to seek the kingdom. Embrace the kingdom of God. Embrace the character. God. Embrace the will of God. Embrace what the Lord wants for your life. Do not struggle. You know, again and again, our will will come, in, will come into, into play. Our will will rise up. Amen. But you need to keep embracing God. Embracing God. And as you do, you are embracing the character of God. Amen. You are embracing the character. Jesus Christ said, take your cross and follow me. Take your cross. It is what the Lord wants done. It is what he wants to play out in my life that I want to be played out. I want to submit my will to the Lord. In your marriage, you want to submit your will to the Lord. In raising your children, you want to submit your will to the Lord. Amen. I also want to mention that the kingdom of God is, is spiritual. Uh, sorry, that's a spiritual. It is supernatural. Amen. There is something supernatural about the kingdom that I also wants to en encourage us this um, this morning to, 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 to be on the lookout for. Let's, let's reach for it. Let's persevere for it. Amen. 1 Corinthians 4.20, please. 1 Corinthians 4.20. I'm just saying a few things about the kingdom of God. It says, For the kingdom of God is not in word, but it is in power. I've said that the kingdom of God is within you. you. It needs you engaging. It needs you participating. The kingdom of God also needs you seeking the will of God, embracing God, embracing the word of God, lining up with the word of God. One of the ways to seek the kingdom of God is to seek power. There is power in the kingdom of God. And, you know, this house, we, we, give, we, we, we try to give attention, rather, to the gifts of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is, I, just, I don't want to go, you know, into this, um, mentioning all of these things, how we seek the kingdom without making mention of this. You, 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 one of the ways you seek the kingdom of God is by insisting on consistently demonstrating the power of God in our homes, in our lives, in our, you know, um, in our um, circumstances. Consistently insist on seeing the power of God demonstrated. Amen. How do we see the power of God demonstrated? The Bible says to us in Matthew, no, Mark 16, uh, you know, Jesus said, Mark 16, 17, I think 17 and 18, it says, concerning those that are in Christ. Amen. 
16, 17 talks about these signs. It says, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they're going to cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will lay hands upon the sick and they will recover. Amen. In you seeking the kingdom, I want you to put it on your notes that this is one of the ways to seek the kingdom. You consistently insist on the demonstration of the power that there is in the kingdom. We can't solve the kingdom. If we take away the power of God from that kingdom, it is, there is nothing left, more or less. The power of God is a strong and integral part of the kingdom of God. So you want to insist on it. You want to lay hold on this power. You want to see it demonstrated. You know, you don't want a, mo- a week to go by, a day to go by without you laying hold of this power. Someone is sick. Someone is tormented. Amen. Someone is battling depression. Amen. A home is going through crisis. A marriage is going through crisis. We need to stretch our hands and say, God, we ask that there will be a demonstration of power in this house in Jesus' name. Amen. It doesn't need to be your life or your family or your own marriage, but we must be on the lookout for all of these things. You have to be on the lookout and consistently allow the power of God to flow through you. This is one of the ways that we seek the kingdom. Amen. Let's, um, let's open to um, that Mark. 4, 26 to 28. The ways that the kingdom of God gets established, the ways that the kingdom of God gets to come, like the Lord Jesus said, he said it is within you. It is within you. So basically the way the kingdom comes, it can come by us um, confronting the kingdom of darkness, like I've said earlier on, Amen that you demand that the power of God be brought to bear upon a particular situation. That is confronting the kingdom of darkness. Commanding that there be an overthrow of the power that is in existence and you are enforcing the power of God upon the situation. This is one of the ways that the kingdom comes. You lay hands upon the sick and you command whatever evil spirit, demon that is in operation to live. And you insist that the kingdom of God be brought to bear. That is one way that the kingdom is, brought, is established in our environment. You confront the kingdom of darkness and you insist that the kingdom of God, you bring it to bear like by force. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is one of the ways. One of the other ways I want us to look at in this Mark 4 is that the kingdom is like a seed that is planted. And so it takes its time. I, don't, I, I hope you people are tracking with me. I've mentioned two ways now that the kingdom comes. I've told you some things about the kingdom. I'm saying two ways that it comes. You can insist, you can confront the kingdom of darkness and say, out you go in Jesus' name. And then the kingdom of heaven is brought to bear. That is one of the ways that the kingdom of God comes. We, seek a, we see a sick person, we command that sickness to go. We see confusion in a place, we speak the peace of God over that situation. When you do that, you are seeking the kingdom. You are bringing the kingdom into the earth. So you need to be mindful of this as you go into your week. Jesus says, seek ye the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom, right? And his righteousness and abundance will come your way. These are the ways you seek the kingdom. As you go around, the Holy Spirit will open your eyes to situations, circumstances around you where the kingdom of God needs to be brought to bear. So you insist on it and in, uh, demand that the kingdom of God is brought to bear on that situation. The second way we see in Mark 4 here, 26 to 28, and he said, this is Jesus talking, he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. Amen. And should sleep by night and rise by day. And the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. 
For the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the air. Please stay at 28. So this is the second way that it comes, gradually. I want to see the kingdom of God expressed in my life. Jesus said to us in that verse, um, verse 21 of Luke 17, it says it does not come by what? Observation. It comes by you engaging. Now, Mark 4 is telling us how the kingdom comes. This is one way that the kingdom comes. He says it is like planting a seed. It, it's going to take its time to grow. Amen. So you see three stages here. Four stages that we plant seed. And when we plant seed, what will happen to the seed? The seed will die. So in your life, in your situation, in your home, in your marriage, in your business, in your, in your locality or community, there are times you are looking out and saying, God, I want your kingdom. I desire your kingdom to come. I want to bring it to bear upon this community, upon this estate, upon this family, upon this family. Jesus is telling us here that there is a way in which the kingdom comes that it is not by you. That's the first one we talked about that is by confrontation. You insist and say, now, here they go. Stomachache, go. And then you bring the kingdom of God to bear. You bring peace. You bring healing, right? You bring righteousness into a place. Depression flies out. Jesus said there is another way. And this, by, this other way is what we see in Mark 4 here. It says you need to plant seed. Amen. There are three stages to it. The seed is planted. It says here that the, you see first the blade, then you see the head, and after that the full grain. You see the full manifestation coming. But it doesn't, it's not the full manifestation that we see first. So you, you have to, you have to you know, make up your mind that you are going to be patient because you are sowing seed. The seed that you are sowing in, in asking that the kingdom comes in that, in that situation might be words of prayer. Amen. It might be a good act that you are putting into that relationship and it is not yet yielding. You are sowing seed. Amen. You are sowing seed. When you sow seed, it does not grow the same day, right? This is how we seek the kingdom. You have sown seed. You have to be patient. You have to leave the seed in the ground because it is going to take its time to grow. It will take its time to grow. So the kingdom, we can liken it to planting a seed. You can liken it to that seed growing. Amen. The seed begins to grow. You know, the seed internally, the seed will first of all die, right? It looks as if it is decayed. Before it starts to grow and you can see something on the outside. It's the same way when you are demanding the kingdom of God upon a situation, upon a circumstance, in your life, in your family. You need to exercise patience. That is where I'm coming to. Amen. You need to keep exercising patience. You need to keep declaring the word of God, praying over the situation and trusting that there will be a change. That there will be a manifestation. Amen. There will be a change. It comes progressively. The, 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 the crop does not grow all of a sudden. It is progressive. It doesn't just happen immediately. It comes one after the other. You will see the blade. You will see the head. And then you will see the full grain. So you need to exercise patience. It might be in your family. It might be in a marriage. It might be in a relationship with somebody. This is how we seek the kingdom of God. Sow the seed. Sowing the seed might mean praying. 
It might mean, you know, calling each other and having a talk, heart-to-heart talk. Insisting that, you know, let's bind ourselves. Let's, let's de- decide we are going to be of good behavior. It might not happen immediately, automatically. It might not happen immediately. But you need to be patient. You need to allow the Lord to do the work that he wants to do. In that situation, in that community, in that family, in that marriage, in that partner of yours or that sister or brother of yours. This is how we seek the kingdom. Amen. The kingdom comes not just appearing spectacularly. That is what we want most times, right? When we pray, healing shows up immediately. Things change immediately. But in some instances, it is like you have planted a seed. And you need to recognize that. That I am a farmer. I have planted. I have done what I believe the Lord wants me to do. Maybe in this marriage. Maybe in this relationship. Maybe in this business. Amen. It will yield in the name of Jesus. The Bible says to us that you will reap if you do not faint. Amen. So we need to receive grace to be patient. Patient with one another. Patient also, you know, I don't know if I should say this. Patient with the Lord, yes. Because the kingdom does not come immediately in some instances it comes progressively this is what jesus said to us he said this is how the kingdom come they were telling him you know how will it come he said this is how it's going to come it is like a plant that you have put in the earth you need to exercise patience you need to allow the lord do the works he wants to do in that person in that man in that woman and then you will see your desired end you will see what you have been expecting what you've been trusting the lord for hallelujah Hallelujah. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want us to just bow our heads this afternoon and talk to the Lord. Pray especially for patience. Pray that the Lord will help you. Galatians 6, 8 and 10 says, For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will reap life everlasting. Amen. Do not be weary in well-doing. That is what the scripture says. Do not be weary in well-doing. I want you to ask that the Lord will help you to be patient even as you seek his kingdom, you are seeking his will, you are seeking his, his, his rule, his, his reign in your life concerning your marriage, concerning your business, maybe among you and your siblings, and you are probably getting tired or getting weary. The Lord Jesus said, seek first my kingdom. Seek the kingdom. One of the ways to seek the kingdom is by being patient, by patiently sowing the seed, sowing the seed of love, sowing that seed and saying, I'm going to allow the Lord to walk upon this person. I'm going to allow the Lord to walk upon this situation, upon this circumstance. You are not taking loss into your hands. You are not just going off and saying, I will do it the way I want. I I can't wait for this thing to mature. The Lord says, wait, 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 children, wait in the waters. The Lord will come to you in the waters. The Lord will come to you. The Lord will come. That which you desire, that which is your expectation will come to pass. But then wait. You need to be, you need to have patience. You need to collaborate with the Lord. Don't just think that it is God that will just work on that person and the person will become a transformed person immediately. You have to be patient. Allow the Lord to do the work. Allow the Lord time in the name of Jesus. Jesus said this is how the kingdom comes. The kingdom is like a a seed that is planted. It will take its time to grow. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bring our hearts to you this morning, Lord. We ask in the name of Jesus in several ways where we are losing patience, Lord, where we are losing calmness, 
where we are not waiting. Lord, I pray that you grant grace to every hearer this morning in the name of Jesus. Even as you have taught us that the kingdom is also like planting seeds. Lord, I pray for patience in the hearts of men and women in here in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask Almighty God that we allow you to do all that you would want to do in our lives, in our situations, without getting in the way, in the name of Jesus. Help us, Almighty God, to die to ourselves, to die to the urgency that the enemy is echoing in our minds, in the name of Jesus. Your word says the elect of the Lord will not be in a haste. The elect of the Lord will not be in a hurry. The elect of the Lord will wait for the Lord. Father, I ask, O oh God, that you will help us to wait for you in the name of Jesus. Help us not to take laws into our hands and miss out on the abundant blessing that you have for us. Your word says we need patience after we have done the will of the Lord. Help us, O oh God, to stand and remain standing. To stand and be resolute that we know who we have trusted. We know who we have believed in. And we know that you will not leave our souls in hell, but that you will come through for us and we will see your kingdom come even in our situations, in our circumstances, in our families, in our homes, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for men, women, I pray for marriages that might be going through turbulence at this time. Lord, I pray that you will help us, O oh God, to hold on to your word as the anchor for our souls, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I declare peace over these homes. I declare peace over the hearts, in the name of Jesus. That, Lord, we will wait upon you in the name of Jesus. Those that wait upon you, your word says, they will mount up with wings as eagles. Supernaturally, you will come to their aid. Lord, I ask that this will be our experience in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. We believe you were blessed as you listened. Join us for a Sunday service at Metamorphosis Christian Center, Stanford Dialysis Building, beside Africa International College, opposite Sun City, Kaura District, Abuja. You can link with us on Facebook and YouTube at Metamorphosis NG. Metamorphosis Christian Center, reaching, raising, releasing.